Reading God's Word is vital for your spiritual health in this new year. The podcast for the next four weeks will focus on how we can improve our reading and understanding of the Bible. This week's podcast comes from a full program titled, How to Read the Bible. No matter your level of biblical knowledge, we can all aspire to know more about God's will, which comes from reading His Word. Join Steve Lloyd as he discusses strategies on how to effectively read the Bible. Welcome to our class on how to read the Bible. My name is Stephen Lloyd, and I'll be your instructor on uh, taking a look at strategies for how to effectively read the Bible. I'll be using the English Standard Version, but of course I recommend you take whatever Bible that you have and uh, be ready to open it up um, when it comes time to reading texts of Scripture and uh, to discussing them. Uh, I hope you'll appreciate the, um, the uh, basic nature of this. It, this course is not for scholars, of course. It's for people who may have purchased a Bible or have had one lying around, and they simply do not know where to begin or how to begin. A gentleman by the name of uh, Dana Joya uh, was the head of the National Endowment of the Arts and a poet himself. And... Uh, it came to great relief to me when he said reading does not come natural. It is a skill that must be learned. And in my opinion, it's something that needs to be learned and studied and worked on and improved uh, all throughout life. I have found that to be the case. And I've been working at this for some 45 years of reading scripture in particular. I struggled with reading when I was young. And in fact, I struggled all through public school, all the way through high school. Like you, I was taught the alphabet and vocabulary. I did well at vocabulary, single words, and grammar. Uh, but when it came to uh, entering junior high school, I was tested. And because of poor reading skills, I was uh, signed up for a reading lab, a special reading lab. And uh, I don't think that the lab, to be honest, helped me much at all in comprehension. I took an introductory class of Evelyn Wood's School of Speed Reading before I began my work in a school of biblical studies. As you can imagine, I was intimidated by the amount of material I thought I would have to read, the, the uh, textbook after textbook and um, reading my Bible. And uh, so I thought being able to read faster might have been a benefit, but I failed that introductory class. Uh, my personal library reflects my challenges in the area of reading. I have collected over the years books like the one written by Mortimer Adler titled How to Read a Book. We'll talk more about Mortimer Adler and that book in particular a little later. James Sire wrote a book that captured my attention it's titled, How to Read Slowly. Uh, another book was titled, How to Read the Boring Parts of the Bible. Alan Jacobs, who is a professor of uh, literature at now at Baylor University, wrote a book titled, The Theology of Reading, and then it's subtitled, The Hermeneutics of Love. He's trying to discourage people from reading from the vantage point of suspicion, but with love toward the author 
and toward the book, which does not mean that you have to agree with everything that the author writes, but at least you're giving them the benefit of the doubt in reading. Tremper Longman wrote a book titled How to Read the Psalms. Leland Riken wrote a book, How to Read the Bible as Literature. I think I have everything Leland Riken has written. And in fact, I highly recommend for those of you who may want something above and beyond what we're looking at in this brief series of lessons to get his book, Words of Delight. Shimon Bar Efrat wrote a book titled Narrative Art in the Bible. And then Robert Alter wrote a book titled The Art of Biblical Narrative and another one titled The Art of Biblical Poetry. All strategies, in other words, these books are providing strategies on how to read narrative and how to read biblical poetry. If I may suggest, uh, we read those types of literature differently because they use different tools to put the material together and God is using different means to convey uh, a message, His message. And then I read a book by Alan Jacobs, a small little book titled The Pleasure of Reading in an Age of Distraction. Well, that's to list only a few of the uh, books that I have in my library with similar titles that are intended to help me uh, to read. I think my proficiency in reading has improved over the years, but that's because I've been reading for years and years. One of the best ways to improve your reading skills is to read. Um, it did not come simply through wishful thinking or wishing it so. Uh, reading well is a skill that we work at all our life. And uh, it certainly helps to have wonderful reading to accompany that effort. And of course, you can't get better reading than, than from the scriptures themselves. They are not only contain the truth, but they contain the truth beautifully expressed or beautifully conveyed. Now, you may have a similar background to mine. Mortimer Adler, uh, the gentleman I mentioned a moment ago, was the editor-in-chief of the Encyclopedia Britannica. He was also one of the main uh, movers behind the, the collection called The Great Books of the Western World, which were put together by uh, the Encyclopedia, or at least uh, published by the Encyclopedia Britannica. And Mortimer Adler was uh, a noted uh, philosopher and a noted um, educator. And uh, of course, some people either love Mr. Adler or they do not like him at all. I happen to be one who loved his works and read much of what he'd written. If Mr. Adler's assessment of education in the United States still holds true, and you've not gone beyond, beyond a grade school education, it may very well be the case that you, like me, were only taught to read at the elementary level of reading. It may be the reason you are viewing this series on how to read the Bible. And uh, if you want to know how to study the Bible, you've got to begin by reading it. Uh, the best kind of studying requires the very best of us in reading skills. So the emphasis in this series of lessons is on how to read the Bible. Uh, it will be to provide you with um, uh, what you need to read uh, narrative as opposed to poetry and poetry as opposed to 
uh, apocalyptic type literature. Um, I hope to identify these things, the things that uh, you will need to consider in learning to read well. Uh, to identify the things you need to keep in mind when reading, and in particular when you need to look, uh, what you need to look for depending on the kind of book you're reading. Uh, you, there are different skills required uh, in reading the book of Genesis compared to reading Psalm 1, and that will all hopefully be clear as we progress. One of the reasons reading is so difficult, uh, uh, Mortimer Adler argues, is that we are not taught in public schools to read beyond the elementary level. That uh, is a problem when you consider the four levels of reading he introduces in the book. For example, the elementary reading skills that I learned and you learned uh, are, include learning the alphabet, our ABCs in other words. Uh, it, is, uh, it involves uh, vocabulary, learning words, and uh, seeing words uh, make up sentences, and sentences produce paragraphs, and paragraphs produce chapters. That's elementary reading, and uh, that's about as much as we're taught in school. The second level of reading that Mortimer Adler identifies is called inspectional reading. Imagine you're in a bookstore and uh, you're interested in taking a look at a book you might want to buy. So you pull it off the shelf, you take a look at the front cover, and it tells you the title and the name of the author. You turn the book around and read what's on the back. It might have a brief uh, synopsis, uh, a brief summary of what's in the book. It might even have uh, statements by people who recommend the book and why they recommend it. This is all a part of uh, inspectional reading. You open up the front cover and take a look at the, the uh, publisher. Sometimes who publishes a book can tell, tell you a lot about a book. Um, and then you take a look at the table of contents. That's one of the things I like so much about um, uh, Amazon.com. It allows you to do some inspectional reading of a book before you buy it. So the first level of reading is elementary reading. The second is inspectional reading. And the third is analytical reading. And he provides a number of rules for reading analytically. We'll take a look at one or two of those in the uh, course of our study. And then the fourth level of reading, he describes as syntopical reading. Uh, let's say you're a college student or a Bible student and um, you have a paper to write. Uh, let's say you're, you're studying something in college, you have to write a, a paper and so you, you read articles in magazines and you read books and you read uh, articles in uh, in dictionaries or uh, encyclopedias or various um, works, and you're pooling all of that information together and then coming up with your main idea and the point you want to develop. That's called syntopical reading, reading from a variety of sources and then pooling all that information together intelligently. Now, if you'll stop to think about it, that's what preachers and uh, Bible classes have consisted of for centuries. We are reading from various parts of the Bible, perhaps Genesis, and then we jump into one of the Psalms, like Psalm 33, 
and uh, Romans chapter 1, and we're pooling all this information together, passages that have to do with the origin of the universe or God's creating the world. Now, having gone through those four levels of reading, uh, perhaps you're thinking to yourself, well, I never did get beyond the first level in my formal training. And that's what I hope to help remedy in this series. Uh, there are a number of books that have helped me in my effort to read the Bible, and I've identified some of those, one of which I would recommend highly is uh, by uh, Leland Riken in his book, Words of Delight. He takes each type of literature and expounds on it from his uh, expertise in literature. This series of lessons, I must say, is not necessarily for the experienced student or scholar who has advanced their study skills to include Greek and Hebrew. But for those of you who want to go on, a study of Greek and Hebrew will do nothing but improve your knowledge and your appreciation for what the Bible teaches. This series is for someone who has, for example, just purchased a Bible or who has had a Bible lying around for a long time and they just don't know what to do with it. When I was 11 years old, I received my first Bible. Uh, my, church, my family was not a church-going family. We were not Bible readers. But I had it in the, on my nightstand, and every once in a while I would pick it up and try to read it. And I'm telling you, I just did not know what it was, what it was trying to say. Now, that might have been because of my youth, but it was also, I think, I attribute to poor reading skills. I am not going to present anything in this series that cannot be understood by anyone with uh, average intelligence. I will try not to assume anything of you. I'm going to imagine that um, you are where I was in my late teens, not knowing anything about the Bible, even though you may have some impressions about the Bible, even though you may know a verse here or there. Uh, there are other courses available uh, through World Video Bible School that I highly recommend. Uh, courses on how to study the Bible or uh, hermeneutics. And uh, there are courses on virtually every book in the Bible. There are three basic reasons people read. First of all, for enjoyment. We read mysteries. Uh, some read romance novels. Um, although I've never, <laughs> never read one, but, uh, and there are Westerns and so on. Uh, number two, uh, people read for facts. That's why we open a dictionary or get our encyclopedia out. Uh, and many nonfiction books are written for the purpose of providing information. And a third reason people read is to heighten the life of the mind and that's what I want to emphasize in this series. I want us to elevate our thinking and uh, the way we live to a higher ground. Now, that's what, of course, the great books were put together for, the great books of the Western world by the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mortimer Adler said, ironically, of those books that they are filled with more error than truth. 
which I find a fascinating uh, admission. And, uh, but these great books have engaged in a great conversation about great ideas. And the Bible fits in this category. The Bible, of course, elevates the way we think and how we think and what we think about. So anytime you, you give toward learning how to read the Bible is going to pay off wonderfully for you. I think it is important to consider why we should read the Bible. The writers of the Bible claim it to be the product of God. The great books of the Western world were written by a host of men. Um, of course, they include the Bible in that, that uh, collection. Uh, even though it's not in the formal set, they figure assume, or assume everyone has a Bible. But the scriptures, the Bible, is a product of God guiding writers as they write. But why should we be interested in what they have to say? Why should we be interested at all in reading the Bible? Well, let me give you a couple of reasons. We should read the Bible, first of all, because it answers basic questions people have been asking about life for centuries. We want answers to questions like, who am I and why am I here and what is the problem and what are the solutions to those problems? Those are all questions that the writers of the great books of the Western world have attempted to answer. And even believers in Jesus Christ are interested in putting all the pieces together. Aren't we interested in that? Aren't we interested in knowing what our true nature is and uh, what the source of the problems that we struggle with in life are and uh, what the solutions to those uh, problems and those perplexities are? Although I do not subscribe to the Westminster Confession of Faith, I'm using this as proof that these are questions people ask. The very first question asked in the Westminster Confession of Faith is, what is man's chief end? In other words, why are we here? What is the purpose of life? Now, no doubt you've probably asked questions like that yourself. Soren Kierkegaard, regardless of what you think of him as a philosopher, wrote, purity of life is to will one thing. The question is, what is that one thing? And even those who deny there is any ultimate meaning to life, men like Albert Camus, who was a existen French existentialist, they try to salvage the value of life in their own way. The writers of Scripture collectively, in other words, from Genesis to Revelation, answer these questions, but not by means of philosophy, which is the primary way that the Books of the, the writers of the great books of the Western world have approached, approached those issues, but by means of revelation, divine revelation from God. The Bible professes to be the Word of God. So when we read uh, Scripture, we are reading the Word of God, the Word from God. So while we are going to spend time considering some of the mechanics of reading the Bible. Our ultimate goal is 
to put into your hands the basic tools for reading the Word of God in order to find the answers to the questions uh, we ask about life. We should be interested in reading the Bible for the access it gives us to trustworthy knowledge about God. One man once said, there's only one book I read to believe, all the rest I read merely to consider. I like that. Uh, every book, every other book I read to merely consider, but there's one book when my mind finally settled on the reality that the Bible is the Word of God. I found myself reading it a little different, with greater confidence, not with so many questions about whether it was true, but what it was saying, trying to comprehend what it was teaching. I've mentioned Mortimer Adler a couple of times in the great books of the Western world. Mortimer Adler wrote 102 articles in the first, in the second, the third volume of the great books of the Western world, and is called the Syntopicon. And he, in, in that, is addressing the 102 great ideas that have been discussed and debated and battered back and forth from Homer to Sigmund Freud. And being familiar with all those books, when Mortimer Adler wrote his article about God, that's one of the titles of one of the articles in the Syntopicon, Mr. Adler wrote that greater consequences for thought and action no greater consequences for thought and action follow from the affirmation or denial of God than from answering any other basic question. In other words, the subject of God himself, who God is and what he's like, is probably the most important question discussed even among the non-inspired books written by men. The Bible is a collection of books whose primary topic is God. If you were to read Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books, simply asking the question, what does this book tell me about God? You will have gained a great education about the identity and the nature of God. God is the ultimate hero in every story. We should be interested in reading the Bible for the insight it gives to living a genuinely happy life or a life that flourishes, or as Jesus put it, the abundant life. We're going to deal with this next point uh, in more detail later, but uh, I want to close this lesson by saying that uh, having the proper attitude when you are reading the Bible is of the utmost importance. It is as important as the time you put into reading it. It is as important as any intellectual effort you put into reading the Bible. And as I said, I'll have more to say about that in lessons to come. Thank you.